Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today's Thursday, October 29th. We got the usual crew and we're joined by finally a fellow Canuck, pro golfer Aaron Crawford. How's it going? It's great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. So I guess... Uh, for those that think, you and Reed, you've known each other for a little bit, if you want to get into that. Uh, yeah, we, we met playing some mini tour events down in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and then we, we also met uh, caddying on the PGA Tour uh, a few months back. Yeah, it was kind of one of those uh, things where we had known each other and knew, knew each other a little bit. But then once we started caddying and, you know, being around the same territory for a while, it kind of grew and a little bit of friendship so it's cool yeah. yeah no it's been great a lot of our listeners they might know who you are some might not and i guess it's easier if you're able to give kind of a quick elevator two minute elevator pitch kind of summary of your career how you've gotten to where you are now oh boy okay um well just grew up playing uh you know decent junior golf back in canada i think it was like top 25 juniors uh when I was like kind of 15, 16. Um, and out of high school, I turned pro. Didn't really have that much interest in going to school and getting a degree I wasn't going to use. Um, so I went to Orlando. Missed, I think, my first 20 cuts, something like that. It's a bit of a grind down there trying to keep up with the best in the world. And uh, you learn how good these guys are real quick. Um, and, yeah, I've just been kind of working my – working my butt off for the last seven, eight years. And uh, this year, uh, I guess I, I've had status on Latin American Tour, McKenzie Tour. Um, and this year, I, I Monday qualified in my first PGA Tour event. And I've, I've also done some caddying on tour as well. Which tour event was that? That was the 3M Open in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, so how, how did you end up getting into caddying in the first place? I know we've had several PGA Tour guys on, and I feel like the stories are always pretty interesting. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've caddied for Martin trainer, I think seven times last few years here. And, uh, we were just, we were just good buddies. Like when I turned pro, he turned pro, I think the same time. Um, and we just, we got along really well. So we started traveling a little bit together and, uh, and a couple of years ago he went and, uh, Monday into a web event, won it, won another one later in the year and then won in Puerto Rico last year. So now he's a full-time PJ tour player. I can attest to uh, Martin is one of the one of the most genuine people, man. He's so nice, so genuine. Greatest guy you'll ever you'll ever meet. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and I know uh, you were you were recently in the. I don't know how much you're on social media and stuff, but it's, it was pretty big news in the golf world when you Monday queued into the event and you were playing. I think Martin was in the event with you, if I'm right. Yeah. Correct. And people kept saying like uh, how crazy it would be if you outperformed him. Was there any talk that if he didn't make the cut and you did, that he would caddy for you? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> I, I just I, I say that because I, I flew my dad down from from Canada to come caddy for me Thursday, Friday. So it would have been a little weird to get the dad to step step aside so Martin could step in. Maybe a um, co-caddying. Are you allowed more than one caddy? Yeah, maybe front nine, back nine, something like that. Eh. Wow. You didn't have any uh, any side bets going on with him? 
no, everyone kind of thought we would. Um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, we, uh, we, we traveled together, room together, and that week we were rooming together still. And it was a little weird because, like, I think I even had better odds than he did to win the event. Um, so I was trying to keep it a little quiet because, like, he, he's working really hard and, um, you know, work on some new, new swing technique and, um, you know, obviously the pressure of playing on the PJ Tour week after week and not playing so well, it's going to – it's tough as it is, right? So when your caddy's out there too, I, I didn't want to – I don't want to put any more pressure on the guy. And um, it was kind of a, like kind of a lose, lose for him. Right. I mean, he either beats me and like he's supposed to, or he loses to me and like, it's just kind of annoying. Right. So was there, was there like any talk? Cause it must be pretty weird going back to the room. I figure after like a practice round, was it weird like not being able to help him or did you just sort of still keep giving him your thoughts on the course? Well, as soon as I Monday in, he, uh, uh, I, I guess I called him up and he's like, like, don't think that you're not going to be like lining me up in the practice round still. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, fair enough. Like if you got to get a last minute caddy, I guess I can do that for you. <laughs> what if you were different tea times? Like you were morning wave. He was afternoon. Maybe you could still caddy for him. He was, he was morning. I was afternoon. I don't know. If, is that allowed? I feel like it is. I that don't know. Because I, I, I would feel like I, I'd have yeah, I'd have some some good reads on pretty much every single pin out there if I just whipped around <laughs> the front nine with them. Yeah, you could have come like first and second. Just oh yeah, there's a bit of a different wind direction this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're switching and every that'd shot. That'd be funny. Having to carry his bag in the uh, Saturday Sunday rounds, just hoping we get paired in the same groups. Right. Well, so Aaron, what's your what's your plan? Uh, your immediate plan, anyway, as far as tournaments and Q schools and whatnot. Uh, yeah, so I was supposed to be in Bermuda this week counting for, for Martin, but uh, he just sprained his thumb a little bit and too many golf balls last week. So we held off a week. Um, sounds like he's going to be ready to go for Houston here. So we're going to do Houston. There'll be an off week, Georgia off week, and then uh, the Michael Classic in Mexico. Um, and that's about as, as far as I've got. It's tough to plan that much further out with, uh, <laughs> with 2020 and COVID and all that stuff going on. Over last year, I think it was like hole 12, maybe. And we got up to the tee box, and I was pacing off the back edge of the tee or whatever, and doing my book. And I look up, and there's about 20 monkeys running on their hind two feet across the fairway. And I started chuckling. That's like one of the most, one of the oldest memories I have from last year. It's pretty funny. It's a pretty cool place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, my, that Mayakova course is solid. And you drive through like the rainforest to get into like the grounds of the golf course. Oh yeah, yep. Is it the most yeah, unique no, it's, course out there? It's definitely it's one, one of the nice out there for sure. I I've always found it's uh, it's definitely a, it's going to be a good course to have a decent caddy on your bag because wind direction out there is just everything. Yeah. Because you got you got jungle you got jungle surrounding every fairway and there it's probably what like 13, 15 feet high. Yeah. Um, so so you're sitting there and like you can barely feel any wind because you're kind of like down below the tree line. But up there, like, you got to know that the wind's just going to take it. Like, I remember sitting on uh, – sitting watching a couple of years ago at, at that tournament on – what is it, like – is it like 13 or so? 15, the par three. Right. It's probably, it's probably like 165 yards. Um, yeah. And the beach is, like, right behind it. And 
the tee box is like like right in the trees still, so you can't feel any of the wind. And every single player misses it like left side because as soon as it gets out there, the wind will just take it. So you almost you almost got to like aim for the beach to to hit the green on that hole. Yeah, that tee box is kind of tucked back in that corner behind those behind those trees, and it, it's tough to tell if you don't pay attention. I'm actually yeah. I got some coverage of the of uh, Bermuda on the TV uh, right now from today. That's another course i mean that wind just goes everywhere right off that ocean yeah very much so i'm actually i was, I was really looking forward to catting for martin in uh in bermuda because he always seems to win in these tropical places eh yeah puerto rico and puerto rico uh, he won oh. yeah he won in uh, mazatlan as well on yeah. latin american tour right. um, he just loves it maybe it's just like the uh the, the beach or something vibe. like that i don't know yeah exactly <laughs> yeah how you? How did you meet Martin? Uh, just playing tournaments. I think the uh, first time I met him was in Phoenix at uh, first stage Q school for for Web. Um, probably back in like twenty thirteen. Um, and yeah, I remember we just kind of both kept on seeing each other everywhere. Like we both got through. Uh, oh, I guess I, I would have met him at pre because I saw him at first stage when I was in. Dayton Valley, I believe. I don't know, such a long time ago. But, yeah, it was somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess we have a lot of Canadian listeners on the show, and you're Love from it. Calgary. We haven't had many Canadian guests on the show. And yeah, you actually go, go have a lot of golfers talk about their rise up the ranks. And it's, I feel like in the States, it's pretty standard, kind of like you're a star in high school. You just go to some D1 college, you play there, or you turn pro right away. In Canada, I feel like things are maybe a little different. So maybe if you give some perspective on the differences of trying to go pro as a Canadian. I think, uh, and I mean, this isn't all of America, but but one thing with Canadian golf is like we grow up um, not playing year round. Right. So we're playing, we're playing golf from, uh, you know, May to September. Um, and then, you know, we're usually doing the Canadian thing, which is playing hockey in the wintertime, right? And, um, you know, you work on hand-eye and you, you're still, like, athletic and moving and stuff like that. But I think the more swings of the club you have when you're young um, probably helps you develop just, like, a little bit faster. And I think that's why you, you see so many really successful Americans that are coming up here that are, you know, 21, 22 years old, like, a, you know, like your, your, your Matt Wolf, right? Um, like you got to know that he's he just always been good at golf and he just plays all the time and um, Morikawa and yeah Morikawa yeah. exactly yeah, yeah I was say Hovland for a second but then I'm like wait a minute he's not from the states so I guess my theory doesn't work perfectly but uh, <laughs> there's got to be a few guys that sneak through the cracks yeah yeah like like in Montreal I always growing up I always played like some golf. I don't see how you could play, like how you could get to the level of a professional golfer being born in Montreal. You have like three months of golf. Yeah, well, and, and so I, I work with Todd Halpin out here. He just actually got rewarded for uh, being a PGA of Alberta uh, Teacher of the Year uh, yesterday. So he knows what he's doing. And uh, we have a, a lot of conversations about, uh, about uh, this one-minute drill that we do. And it's basically like, how good can you get in one minute? And, and the reason this is important is being from Canada, 
you might only have half the time compared to, you know, guys that are working just as hard as you down in the States. Um, so you got to figure out how to make every second of your practice count that much more. Um, you know, so we're, you know, we're hitting with our eyes closed, working on our balance, working on parameters, and we're doing it with a consequence pretty much every swing we get. And, and I think that's kind of how you have to do it to, to keep up with, with some of these guys. Yeah. And uh, the last thing we have on your career, this one is, I feel like a lot of people haven't or don't know this. You won the major league of putting <laughs> or what the fuck is the major league of putting and how difficult <laughs> right. is it to win? <laughs> yeah. So it's a major series of putting MSOP. Um, so uh, it started up, I think in 2018. Um, and they just, they had qualifiers all around North America, Canada, the U S um, I think they're actually based out of Montreal, but they do the finals event in Vegas. Um, they had a, they had a, a, a deal with uh, Caesars entertainment, I believe it is. Um, so they have this spot set up right, right behind planet Hollywood. They made like this massive pot, like artificial turf putting green. Um, and that, that was kind of how it all started. Um, and they had some like insane prizes the first year. Um, I think winner got 75 grand, which was just insane just for one event. So um, they had it. Well, I didn't win that year. I should have oh, though. I thought that you won been 2018. Nice, right? I won, uh, oh, my start in 20, started in 2018. Sorry. Or sorry, 2017. That's my bad. I won in 2018. So yeah, so it was 75 grand in 2017. I won in 2018 when it went down to like 25 grand, but I'm still oh. like still pretty happy about I'll it. I'm not it. ever going to complain about making 25 grand in the putting competition. Right. Well, what was it? Was it like a bunch of different putts or like um, super long ones? I don't know. Yeah. So, so the year I won, it was just at, uh, at the legacy golf course in Henderson on their putting green. So they had a, a couple of grandstands set up like right behind the putting green. And, uh, the, they have, I think, nine events um and then one just a little bit bigger than the other ones um they had six events that year sorry just been a while trying to think about it they had six events and the big one was uh six rounds total and it was a cut after the first four rounds is it like a head-to-head matchup no so it's stroke play um and and it's putts between seven and 50, 60 feet. Um, How long does one round, in quotes, typically take, Aaron? Half an hour, maybe. Yeah. So you're, you're whipping around like four times the first day, and then you do two the next day. Gotcha. That was kind of how that one worked. Unless you're playing with Bryson. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he, uh, he would take a little bit longer than the average folk out there. But it was a really cool event. Um, you had guys from like all over the world there's guys from europe that do like putt putt for a living um but then you got you know your guys on the web.com tour you got some mini tour pros and then you just got like your you know 65 year old guy that doesn't hit it far but he can putt so it's it was a really really strange field um and definitely like a bit of a different environment that a lot of us are used to and i just kind of got hot that week and kept on second putts and um I think I ended up. Do you, uh, have you tried since 2018? Uh, yeah, I did it last year. I think I did all nine of the events I had last year, and I made about 7,500 or something like that. Right. Um, 
it was kind of it was one of those weeks where like I just putted putted well but putted good at the wrong times so like they have an event it's four rounds and after the first two the scores reset and I had a four stroke lead after the first two rounds oh man and I remember thinking like come on like are you serious you're like I got to win by at least five strokes now and that was kind of my thinking I think I ended up coming like seventh or something that one but obviously it you know all the cards went my way the the year before that so I wasn't complaining too much is putting like your uh, your best attribute on the course? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I I think it goes back to just trying to keep up with these guys. I realize that I just I don't hit it quite as far as I think I probably should, and they're all just such good iron players and good around the greens. And um, I'm very like good visual person, and I I love the challenge of sinking putts and reading them correctly. And um, I think I've got it down to a pretty good science science. Um, and, and yeah, that's just, that's kind of how I found my way of keeping up with, with everyone. That's All right. Cool. I got a few questions for you, master putter. Um, right. Number one, I think everyone wants to know what putter do you use? Cause we're going to take some notes and find that magic wand. I will use whatever putter works. <laughs> so you got a couple you're saying that you jump back and forth between uh the longest i'll ever be with a putter is probably like eight months like that's that's a pretty decent amount of time so, so you like don't, you don't have like a, a tried and true one you use for years uh no no never interesting no i i'm i got my i got my system um if they're kind of working i'll put them in in the the trunk if they're not working like at all they go in the closet and if i'm just like fed up with them i i take them right to the uh, consignment store in phoenix so i i go through them pretty good how do you I know just, you're I, like fed up is it like one three putt and it's gone or like... um i think i just come i don't, I don't know hands like sometimes with a certain stick you just so lose so much confidence with it that it's like i gotta, I gotta get something different look at you know what I mean? Yeah, well, putting is such like, like a such a feel thing, right? And like if you pick a putter up and you're like, "Oh, like I really like how this feels and like you can see the ball rolling really nice off the putter," then like it'll probably work, but that same putter a month later might might just feel a little bit different cuz you're like a little bit too used to it or something like that and um like a really good example of like how often I switch. Um two days before the Monday qualifier for the 3M Open that I Mondayed into this year, I went and changed the way I was gripping it, changed the grip on my putter. Um, and now I'm doing like this, uh, like, like I have my hands apart, like a split grip, which I, I've, I haven't done that for seven years, but it just kind of felt well, like felt right. And I putted unbelievable in the Monday and and kind of throughout the week that's so wild i'm like the opposite where i'm like i'm gonna find like i i have a putter i've used for a few years yeah a lot of years now and like i don't really make a switch that's very interesting my other question is do you like use a line on your ball or so when when i practice I use a line on like straight putts to make sure that I'm like starting it at the hole and 
getting it to roll perfectly. Um, but on the course, I, I use like the title logo and line that up uh, kind of sideways. I, I, I find that like I'm not quite good enough at lining it up perfectly. So I'll be sitting there if like I have a 10 footer that breaks a foot right to left, you know, I'll right. have it 10 inches out instead of 12. And I have like, I don't have the patience to keep on trying to line it up. So I'll be like, ah, okay, like I just have to play it like a little bit more than that. But as soon as like you don't follow your line, like you might as well just not be doing it. Um, and and I, I find that when you have a line and you use a line, uh, you become, you, you kind of like fall away from being uh, speed oriented. <clears throat> And you start focusing on your line, I think, way too much and, and forget and that there's kind of a bigger fall, element. Sometimes you can almost even fall in, uh, so fall in love with your line too much, you know, per se. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I have zero interest in hitting my line perfectly and missing every putt. Yeah. What does Mark yeah. do, Reed? As far as line? Yeah. He has one under the title of his logo. So he uses that. Hmm. Nice. Um, see, see the, the, the he has a hubs written on the Pro V on uh, the ball, and we'll use that periodically. See, so so Martin he uses a line, but he's like unbelievably good at getting that thing lined up exactly where he wants it. Right. And I think guys that can do that, I think it's I think it's great. But I just simply like don't have the talent. Like it really is a talent le like learning how to line up your golf ball correctly, and I don't have that, so I I just stay away from it. I mean, this, it even boils down to what I most dominant out of, like looking at the line. And I mean, because <clears throat> this sounds silly to listeners, but changing, if you close one eye and then close the other eye and you're looking at the same spot, like your view changes so much, like the way you're looking at the golf ball changes. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. like, My three-year-old sister just learned that. It was exhilarating watching her learn. <laughs> <laughs> but like your, your left your left and right eye dominant changes the way that you kind of see the line sometimes as well looking over the golf ball absolutely and it does change um whether you should have a bit of an offset on your putter or not as well yeah for sure so zach have you learned a couple of things here now mister uh, i hope so i i five putt way too often so i now it would be like embarrassing if i can't but after all this, <laughs> all these tips but we're heading to like the half point right now so we usually get in our our ads and our sponsors so i'll start with you reed yeah um go through my uh my helpers and my my partners here uh to tommy dodge design out in california thank you for uh, supplying clothing and always keeping a good partnership between us uh, surf and turf golf uh down in texas um a hat company um, that also does some shirts, long sleeve shirts, and whatnot. Uh, Surfandturfgolf.com. Check them out. Find something you like. Put it in the cart and add discount code readmartin15, and you'll get 15% off your purchase. That's R E I D M A R T I N 15 uh, for 15% off of your next purchase at surfandturfgolf.com. Uh, to Forma Cars and Chris Relia out in Columbus, uh, Ohio, thank you for your partnership. Check out some of their designs. They do some old school uh, Cobra and uh, Mustangs and whatnot, um, some mocks and, what, and whatnot, put together their own engines and use their own uh, machines. That laser machines actually create the product for them. It's pretty cool. 
Uh, and then to you guys from the back tees, the uh, continued partnership, always so fun uh, chatting with you guys, having guests on and, and uh, wrapping the podcast. Awesome. And you could check all those out in our, uh, in the podcast bio and Nolan, I'll leave you to it. Yeah, of course. Um, we always just want to have a big shout out to sticks golf. Um, if you haven't heard of them, they're, you know, they're a great up and coming company. They sell, you a complete set of clubs for like 700 bucks or something uh, you can use our promo code stadium 99 they're having a sale and that promo code will help you get 25 dollars off additionally from that sale so huge um huge benefit right now um, they just make modern sleek looking golf clubs they're all matte black um, again you're going to get like a 14 complete club set when you order them they're minimalist design um and uh, check them out at sticks golf that's s-t-i-x dot golf um you can check them out on social media at sticks golf gear as well and uh yeah take a look awesome and uh now we'll head to what's going on this week in golf so we're recording this on thursday after the first round of the bermuda championship and we got some names at the top. Our guy, Ryan Armour, has been on. He's seven under par, right up there with the leaders. I feel like he always does well in these different, uh, these smaller field events, these where the, a lot of the top guys aren't in it. But Doc Redman, I feel like Doc Redman's always up there too. But Peter Malnati, yeah. just eight <laughs> under par with yeah. a bogey on the par five. Ooh. Yeah, I heard it's like a ball striker's – paradise out there a lot of the experts are saying that um a lot of we're guys not, uh obviously we're week, but we were there last that last year and it's kind of a smaller golf course if you will uh, windy and, and up and down a lot of elevation change and definitely uh need to be on your game with controlling your distance well uh, thompson won there last year right yeah i think so uh, was it yeah, yeah this well, is well, and he, he swings, a, he swings a, like what 110 and just right. never misses a fairway, right? So, yeah, yeah I, I believe you. It's yeah, it's, it's kind of a that golf course is kind of it's kind of funny. It's it's it's, it's nice, it's it's fun. It's, it's I remember it being in good shape, but the holes are just so different from each other. Like, it's it's incredible. Like, yeah. you got, I mean, you got some holes sitting out of the ocean and you got some. Short little quirky par fours, and you have a downhill par five that has a bunker, big, big bunkers right in the middle of the fairway. Like it's just, it's uh, it's a cool course in the same sense that it's kind of quirky though. Yeah. What do you think about the scoring? I mean, so many guys shot such low numbers the first round. Are we going to see a crazy low winning score? Um, you know, I didn't watch much of the coverage today. I mean, I kind of had it on the background. I didn't really pay much attention to it. That's the golf course is if if it's not windy and you're hitting it well, you can you can it's not very long, you can tear it apart. Uh, if that's I think it's not also the kind of golf course if it gets windy, like it can become really hard. I remember hitting a couple of fives and six irons from like 145, 150 last year. Trying to keep the ball spin down and the flight down and whatnot. So we obviously don't know too much what's going on, but one guy who would dominate the course, I do not care. How short or how long it is, this, you're going to love this segue, Nolan. Bryson DeChambeau, 403-yard carry. I do not care 
People are saying there was help. He had wind helping him. I don't care if the ball was picked up by a helicopter and dropped 400 <laughs> yards away. This is a remarkable feat. Aaron, yeah, what's your take on this DeChambeau deal? I think he's found a way to be better at golf than everybody else right now. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Like, the guy, I think before he hit a long way, was already better than everybody that – other than maybe 10 of the guys out there. So, like, he had a good game without the power. Um, the thing I've noticed, too, is is right around, uh, like, Rocket Mortgage. Uh, I think he, he won that one. Uh, kind of the workday uh, – those events. We in that tournament. Oh, did you? Hey, yeah. Like, like yeah. he's he's hitting it really far, obviously, but he's hitting it about ten percent straighter than anybody that's hit it anywhere close to that distance, and that's the most remarkable part to me. Like, there's guys that have power, but you got to be able to hit it straight too, and I, that's what's I think most impressive. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the long drive guys like Jamie Sadowski, a fellow Canadian. He tried. To go pro maybe he will but it's obviously not that easy power is not the only thing i mean I, I don't really have any intel in this but maybe aaron you and i read too you played pretty competitively when you're as good as dechambeau is like he was like you said he was top 10 in the world before he did this to his body he was set for life he was going to be an incredible golfer win millions and millions of dollars is there no concern that doing this is going to completely screw up your swing and you just won't be able to make it back aaron i'll give it to you um, I mean, he started doing this, what, like a year and a half ago? Yeah. Well, he did just win the U.S. Open. No, I, so, no, I mean before so, you but, decide to do it. Oh, sure, sure, probably. Well, and, and, like, the fact that he hasn't got injured swinging this hard at it is, like, unbelievable. Like, I, I think something that, that DeChambeau doesn't get enough credit for is, like, there's a lot of hard workers on the PGA Tour, but I think he's by far the smartest worker. I think everything he does is just so methodical and he thinks every single thing out and every ball he hits has a purpose to it. It always has a purpose. I was just going to say that. Maybe, exactly. he found, maybe he found out that the only way a body could hold up by swinging that hard is by surrounding it with more muscle. I don't know. Sure. Well, and, and like the fact that he like still has the flexibility that he has yeah. with the amount of uh, body weight that he's put on the last year is is pretty insane, and I think that's just a really good, um, really good balance between uh, strength work and speed work. Um, I think a lot of guys would probably go out there and like I've done this before, where you just sit there and you work on getting stronger for four months, um, but you kind of forget that you know you're looking to just get speed. Um, so I think he's he's found a really good balance between the two, and. Um, He's obviously got some very good results out of it, so it's it's tough to tough to say anything bad about a guy that seems to have it all figured out. Yeah, swinging pretty dominantly, but really ever I mean, Tiger Woods probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but the last thing, the last thing I think we could talk about. Unless Reed, did you have a comment on Bryson? Uh, you know, I was just gonna say that you know, Deschambeau gets comments not like from some people because of his actions that he's shown the golf course or 
whatever to the media or whatever. And I, I, I get it. I, I, I do. I, I 100% get it. But you can't knock the guy's talent and, and say bad things about what he's done on the golf course as far as results and whatnot because he's treated some I, – I get that treating some, someone one way is not good. But, like, I think you just have to come down to it and be like, dude, this guy is – what he's doing is it's successful. And it's – dude, it's well done. Like, you, you can't knock him. I think people that knock him only have – a little bit of jealousy, and, 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 you know, that's what it comes down to. I, I also think there's been a ton of people that have hit it further. Like, a ton of guys have gained 10 miles per hour speed over the course of a year. Um, right. And they've probably done a little bit better, but I think he's just – he was already at a pretty high level, and, and this just kind of put him overboard for a while. And, I, I, honestly, I think the only thing I would be worried about is maybe pushing it a little bit too far – um just like, like you but like i mean you look at tiger like back in the day like he was hitting it so much further than everybody else um like he's in at 320 when everyone's hitting at 270 back then um and he was dominant he won forever but he also got you know a ton of different surgeries to try to piece his body back together these days right and um like someone away from the golf course like that ronnie coleman like one of the best right. body bodybuilders of all time. Like he's like a cripple now. Um, so there's definitely, you know, there's a balance in there. And I wouldn't be surprised if he finds, you know, his 135 swing speed and probably just sits there forever or for as long as he can and, and decides not to push it too far. Cause again, he's probably the smartest guy out there. Right. Something that's healthy, but, but also going to give him that edge. Exactly, exactly. And the last thing we want to talk about, Aaron, I don't know how much of a college sports guy you are. I'm not too big. But uh, college game day on the Masters, I don't even know what any of this stuff means. Nolan, I feel like you're a big college guy. So I leave it yeah, to so you. Yeah, so college game day is, you know, a, they, they go to a certain big game of the week um, and host at that. You know, it's like an ESPN thing, and they, they – are on site doing their, their morning anchor show. Um, and all the fan, all the, all the kids going to be in this, that are in the stands going to be like surrounding this, um, on site, uh, news show instead. And they make their picks of all the different games, um, that are happening that Saturday. And it's a big deal. They had one at, uh, Oregon state's campus, um, when I was in high school and I went down to that, that was pretty fun. It was the civil war game against uh, the university of Oregon. And um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to play out um, in the, I guess the national, it's going to be very odd, but and are they going to make golf picks? Are they going to bring on some golfers? Who knows? I don't know. It'll be fun. Yeah. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised that Augusta national is allowing that. Like they seem to like kind of have their way with their tournament and they want it a certain way and they want it to be perfect. And, like to bring a bunch of football guys in, like it, it just seems like kind of out of left field for them. We're getting with the times, I guess. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, to, uh, 20, 2020 changes people, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to to close things out, we got uh, Nolan. I'll go to you first. I feel like I always got to read first for a tiger stat, always to raise people's spirits and end the day. Yeah, of course. I always, you know. Sorry to go off track here, but thinking of the Bermuda and thinking of what 
why why Tiger wouldn't uh, want to go play down there instead of you know everyone was saying oh he might go play Houston and everyone knows he's not going to play the week before the Masters. <clears throat> So why not go shake off the rust down in Bermuda? And I'm sure they'll, you know, there probably wasn't a spot for him. But I, <laughs> I don't think anyone's turning, turning their door closed to Tiger Woods. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, the the stat of the pod for Tiger Woods. Um, I just sent, uh, I just posted an article on some crazy Tiger stats because we had a little poll going on the from the back tees Twitter earlier. Um, and this is straight from that article. Um, in a stretch uh, between 1999 and 2001, uh, Tiger Woods made 46 starts on the PGA Tour. Sorry, worldwide events, I should say. And he won half of them. He won 23 out of 46 events. Um, and he had more wins by three shots or more then, which was 11. He had 11, 11 of those 26 were by three shots or more. And he only finished outside the top 10 six times in those 46 starts. So that's he had more, had more wins by there was three a, There was a period of time. Yeah, yeah. There was a period of time where Tiger, I mean, it was Tiger – golf and then the rest of the field came along you know a couple minutes later i mean 40 out so, of 46 top 10s might be more impressive than winning 23 that's like <laughs> you just dominated every event it's crazy yeah. that, that's got to be really sad walking into events knowing that tiger's there eh? at the end yeah. of the day, second probably got paid more than they would have had they won had tiger didn't show up <laughs> very true yeah well even these days yeah mm-hmm. So, Reed, uh, we'll go to you. Every week, Reed likes to give a geography quiz kind of thing. He's a big geography guy based on the t- where the tournament is that week. I got two of them this week. Uh, what is Bermuda most known for? You guys know. Grass. The Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess that could be part of it. But uh, the pink sand beaches, they have a bunch of pink sand there. And it's actually pretty cool. Those are some solid um, guesses. Thank you. <laughs> Grass right? and the triangle. <laughs> Imagine if he was yeah. like, yes, it was the triangle. <laughs> All the planes. And does anyone know the capital of Bermuda? Uh, I feel like Aaron knows it. There is no chance I know that. <laughs> you Bermuda know any city? I know absolutely nothing. I honestly just thought it was Bermuda and that was just like it. Are you talking about like a certain resort is the capital of Bermuda. <laughs> no, there is a city. Laquita. Laquita. It's like it's like literally maybe maybe like the only like city that has any substance to it on the island. Like a sandals. <laughs> yeah. A the name of the capital of Bermuda is Hamilton. Hamilton, Bermuda is the capital. Wow. I, I'm happy you told us because we were gonna be here for a while. Yeah. It's never ending. <laughs> Well, luckily we are done because thank God he gave it to us. But Aaron, thanks so much for coming on. Was happy to have a fellow Canadian on the show, and hopefully we speak again soon. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll we'll hopefully see you around, Reed. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. Holler. Are you are you I'll in Houston? Yeah, yeah. I'll see you next week. Beauty. All right, awesome, boys. Guys. Thanks, Aaron.